Hi, and welcome to another broadcast of Faith Life with Pastor Earl and Friends. And as I always say, I trust that as we gather and I have this beautiful opportunity to teach you the Word of God, we will become friends of the faith, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, faith in our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so thank you for listening. And you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you're not filling your mind and heart with the Word of God, you will not grow in faith. And to see the miraculous in your life, you must be a man or woman of faith. Jesus said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, it's not how much faith you have, but even the smallest amount of faith directed entirely upon our God will produce a supernatural life, will bring you into the realm of the supernatural. You see, the world runs by fear. You've seen the commercial for Dunkin' Donuts running on Dunkin'. Well, the world uh, runs by fear but in the kingdom of God, it runs on a different level. It runs by faith in our Lord, not in ourself, but in our sovereign Lord. We're going to take you into a study of Matthew chapter 24, where Jesus is going to teach us about the last days. Today's broadcast, our sponsor are the two ladies that we have thus far, the Light of Hope Counseling, that's Tina Baublitz, and if you, as we say, are going through a rough patch in your life, please give her a call and get the spiritual and emotional help that you need. Call her at 410 245 4225. Also, we have a young lady that's a great realtor, Kelly Shockey, 443-955-2465. Call Kelly if you're buying or selling a home, 443-955-2465. Again, we're delighted that you have joined us that's not some type of commercialization of our broadcast. And if you would like to sponsor us, and you see as you give of your prayers and you give financially, we're able to expand this ministry into other platforms. So join us in that. You can do that by contacting my email at charisman, C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N, 1234 at gmail.com, or text me at 386-795-8494. And as you give, then we can expand the Word of God. And when you stand before Jesus, 
then you will have a part in the reward of seeking to spread his word and reach the world. Today's teaching will primarily be some background information on Matthew 24. And then we're going to be getting into the text of this. We may get into it today, I don't know. But let me give you some background information. I glean this from greater minds than myself. People that have studied the word their whole life and I have sought to study the word my whole life and share with you what I have gleaned from other great men and women. There are four discourses that Jesus Christ gave, four major ones. One of them is the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount greatest sermon you'll ever read. Just read it and you'll see how to live a blessed life, how supremely blessed if you will do what God wants you to do. These are the moral and ethical principles of the kingdom. You want a success manual as a disciple of Christ? Not that you'll be healthy, wealthy, and wise, but it will contribute to all of those things as you follow our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in his authoritarian, I shouldn't use that word, authentic principles. He's not an authoritarian, he's authentic. Excuse that word. So Matthew 5 to 7 is the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 13 talks about this present age and some kingdom absolutes and things we need to learn as well, Matthew 13. And then the upper room discourse, which is, I don't know, that's just some of my favorite portion of the, the scripture, John 13 to 17. And that's how to live the Christian life and I love in chapters 14 to 16, there's a great discourse on the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Parakletos, the one called alongside to help. And then the one that we'll be looking at in Matthew 24 is called the Olivet Discourse and talks to us about the end of the age which we're, I believe, personally, we're right there. We're so close to the rapture of the church, the coming of our Lord, and we would be caught up to be with him in the clouds. You say, well, I don't believe that. Well, five seconds after it happens, you will believe it because the true believers will be gone, believers in Jesus, not just good people versus bad people, you need to, in this life, on this earth, lock your faith in on a Savior, a Lord, a Redeemer, and that is Jesus. Matthew 23, Jesus gives a scathing denouncement of hypocrites and false religion 
And there's a lot of that today. She said to me, there's too many hypocrites in the church. I would have to agree with you. Doesn't mean I've given up on the church, but there are. And there are in ministry as well. So you better know true shepherds from false shepherds, true prophets from false prophets. When I say prophet, I mean those that declare the word of God. We're going to be talking about the destruction of the temple in the first few verses of Matthew 24. A few notes on that. Um, it began construction in 20 BC and then was completed in 64 AD, one of the most magnificent structures of marble and gold. This is Herod's temple and it just glistened in the sun and man was so proud of that. But people in that day thought that was an indication of God's blessing. And sometimes you'll see magnificent church structures or temple structures and you'll think, oh, that must be a blessing of God. Not necessarily because God may um, be blessing five African believers or Asian believers meeting in a hut or a uh, temporary little place with a perhaps a cross in it. That's where the favor of God is, where sincere, true followers of Jesus are. We see this temporary world and religious systems. We need to look back at the temple because Six years after it was completed in all of its glory, it was destroyed by Titus and the Romans in AD 70. We'll talk about that. Jesus gave this Olivet Discourse. He was in the temple doing the teaching. And when he finished talking to his disciples and doing his teaching, they walked up the Kidron Valley, up to the slope of the Mount of Olives, and that's where Jesus gave this incredible teaching on the end times. And so we're gonna learn a lot of great things regarding this. Now I want you to learn this because in Matthew 24, the rapture of the church is not mentioned but the coming of the Lord is. And I want you to know that there's a difference between the rapture of the church in John 14, where he said, I'll come again. Revelation three, where he said that he will keep us from the hour of temptation or the tribulation. And also first Thessalonians chapter four, 13 to 18. There's the catching away of the saints to be with Jesus in the clouds. That may happen at any moment. And then there will be what we would say, and I'm just an offensive term, but all hell is gonna break loose on the earth because the believers will be gone. The manifest presence of the Holy Spirit will be gone because the Holy Spirit leaves with the believers. Seven years later, Jesus returns visibly, personally, 
to the earth, to the Mount of Olives, where he had made this incredible teaching. And the Mount of Olives splits, and the whole area becomes a massive battleground where the Battle of Armageddon will be fought in the last days. Revelation 19 talks about that. So the rapture and the return of Christ in glory are two different events. Rapture, 1 Thessalonians 4. Revelation of Jesus, Matthew 24. Zechariah 12, Zechariah chapter 14 as well. The rapture is also talked about in 1 Corinthians 15, where our Lord comes in the twinkling of an eye. In Matthew 24, chapter uh, 24, verses 4 to 14 is kind of a unit where it's talking about the signs. Jesus' disciples say to him, what's going to be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answers these questions in Matthew 4.14. The first question he answers primarily in Luke 21. Then 15 to 26 of Matthew 24, he shows some more specific signs and then talks about his second coming in verses 27 to 31. Revelation 19, 11 to 21, talks about the return of Christ in glory. There are nine signs that we'll see in these particular first opening verses of Matthew chapter 24. One, the arise of false Christs in verses four and five. Then wars and rumors of wars, verses six and seven. Famine, verse seven. Then in verse seven as well, we'll see pestilences, all kind of diseases. We just went through a global pandemic with the COVID and we're seeing there's so many things arise like that. Earthquakes in diverse places, number five, fifth sign. The martyrdom of believers in verses eight to 10. And there will be many martyred for Jesus in the tribulation time. The church will be raptured, but all Israel will be hearing the gospel and if you receive Christ and reject the mark of the beast in the uh, tribulation, it will cost you your life. You still may receive Christ, but it'll cost you your life. And many say in these days now, well, I'll just wait till then. No, you don't want to do that. Receive Christ while the gospel is preached and the grace is poured out and it's relatively simple to receive Christ. To walk the walk of Christ is not simple, but to receive him is. Then also sign number seven, false prophets. Uh, then evil will just um, continue. People will become even more loveless than they are now. Verse 12. 
and then the kingdom message will be preached in all the world, verses 13 and 14, and then shall the end come. Let me take you through probably the first three verses in this broadcast of Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24, it says, And Jesus went out. Remember, he was teaching in the temple. Remember, in chapter 23, he had given that scathing message to um, pseudo-religious people. And he went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him because he taught in the temple, and they were there to learn from Jesus. The word disciples comes from a Greek word, mathetes, which means like we get our math, the word math from that thought, accompanied by endeavor. And they were just so enamored with the buildings of this temple, and they wanted to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, because he knew they were all struck by the architecture, and Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? See these massive stones and all this marble and all this gold and, and just a, a real feat of architectural glory. Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, Truly, truly, there shall not be here left one stone upon another, that shall not be thrown down. Well, that's, the disciples are like, well, thanks for showing us, um, uh, or thanks for throwing cold water on our enthusiasm. But our Lord is a realist. You look at the things in this world and the money and the fame and the glory and the material things and you, you get enamored with that. And Jesus is just saying, don't focus on the material don't focus on temporal things. These stones will be thrown down. Well, in AD 70, in AD 70, the Romans um, pillaged the temple and they set it on fire. There were all kind of magnificent um, drapes and materials in there. And the heat got so hot that it melted the gold that was between the marble and granite stones in there. And the Roman soldiers went in and turned the stones over to get the gold. Verse 3, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And as I shared with you, that will be answered as you read and study chapter 21 of the book of Luke. One of the signs that is so evident is right now the, the restoration of Israel and the spotlight being on Israel. And Jesus said, when you see Israel surrounded by hostile nations, you know that your redemption is drawing nigh, and we're seeing that sign even today. And we say like we learned in the book of Revelation, at the very end, even so, 
come Lord Jesus. So the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us what shall be, when shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And here Jesus will answer that in the next few verses. Verse four, he begins and says, and Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. If there were a lot of deceivers in the first century, then there are so many more now. You can just watch the internet and watch even a lot of your ministry television and there are a lot of false teachers. I think many times when you see their uh, desire just to receive um, material wealth, you wonder, why aren't you living more like Jesus? Now, granted, if you live in a nice house, drive a nice car, don't care. But when your net worth is in the multi-multi-millions, are you really expecting the Lord to come soon? And you don't hear a lot of preaching on the return of the Lord from these uh, prosperity preachers, not that I don't believe that God wants you to prosper as your soul prospers, but evidently they're getting a little too settled down in this world. And I think once you have a, a home and once you take care of your family and you have the automobile and the food and clothing you need, then the rest of your finance and all should go to ministry, helping the poor, etc. Imagine what you can do when you see their net worths of 15, 20, 50 million dollars and you're not doing anything to help the poor, the needy, the suffering, the struggling, the enslaved, then something's really, really wrong. So just take heed that no man deceive you. Don't allow the structures of their building or their um, magnificent crowds and all be the thing that sways you to think, well, that must be a man of God. Listen for things. Are they talking too much about themselves or are they lifting up Jesus? Is their lifestyle one of personal holiness or are they somebody that's known as a womanizer, an alcoholic, etc.? then I think you need to follow Jesus and you need to follow the shepherds that follow his word. But don't let anybody deceive you. Well, as we close our broadcast today, we want to give you the opportunity to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you have not yet received him, I encourage you, I implore you, receive him today. Pray this prayer with me if you mean it genuinely from your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. Changing, I'm changing my mind, my will, direction. For my sin is what sent you to the cross. And I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior today. Help me to live for you and be a true disciple. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me pray now also for anybody that is sick or struggling or hurting, 
lonely or distressed or depressed. Lord, be with those that are hurting today. You were a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief and just touch those that are hurting. May they respond to you in faith. May they reach out to you like the woman that touched the hem of your garment. And may they reach out by faith in this prayer that I'm praying right now. May it just connect with their faith. And God, only you can do the miracles that we need you to do. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to uh, contact me, let me know that you've received Christ. Or perhaps you need prayer. Uh, or you'd like to sponsor this broadcast in any way. Then reach out to my email, charisman, C-H-A-R, that means grace, C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N, one, two, three, four, at gmail.com, or text me at 386-795-8494. This is Pastor Earl saying, I love you.